the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here to begin today's broadcast of Way of Grace, our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stan. God has chosen us in Christ. Is that an honor? He has saved us through the gospel. Is that an honor? He has given us his spirit in the new birth. Is that an honor? He has secured your exaltation. You and I need to just walk with God daily and trust him for his goodness in our life. As we come to the close of this week here on Way of Grace, our teacher and pastor, Jesse Gastand, will take us back to the book of Esther, chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. We welcome you to our broadcast. We're looking at the honor of the crown, Esther appointed by God and for God. We've seen the pattern and legacy of the Persian rulers, and we'll pick up there as well and move into looking at the promotion of Esther in God's plan, how that all comes about, why, how you and I benefit from all of this. Please join us with this Friday broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan. Hadassah is enjoying the palace like any young girl would. The girl ain't but about 17 years old, Mary. You remember how you were with 17? You know how you was thinking at 17? I'm talking to Mary and Joseph, the two that had, had Jesus over there. <laughs> you, ladies, you know how I was at 17? He, <laughs> you know what you was doing. You were checking out all of the manicure and the pedicure and all, of, all that stuff was at her availability because she was being prepared. As we learned last week, it was a doctrine of what? Sanctification. Sanctification. So she was enjoying herself. But didn't she have to fight against the notions in her mind that this was about her? Did she have to fight against the tenacity or inclination to utilize her beauty to get to the throne? And we're going to learn in a minute. She prevailed. Because she did not take anything into the presence of the king by which to manipulate the king. She said, Lord, if you're going to keep rolling the way you're rolling, I ain't going to do nothing but roll with you. I ain't add nothing to this. This got to be enough. Is that right? Because that's essentially what she did. She committed herself to the chamberlain when it was her turn to go in. And she didn't pump nothing up. Now, don't get me wrong. I need to just put this caveat I understand makeup. Just putting it out there. Got that? Understand that. Just going back to the principle that makeup cannot make up for flawed character. Makeup cannot make up for a bad attitude. Makeup cannot make up for carnal thinking. You can't put beauty on the spirit. A meek and quiet spirit is what God has to train you to be. If you're going to be Sarah's daughter, he's got to train you to believe him. And to trust him that the glow and the beauty of your nature and character will be enough to get you where God wants to get you. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. And so Xerxes, who's the father? Who is, Xer, who is Xerxes the father of? Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes 
is the man in the book of Nehemiah. That Nehemiah is saying, Lord, I want to go back to Jerusalem and help this mess that's there, and I need the favor of the king. Artaxerxes is the son of Xerxes, even though in your Bible, Nehemiah is before Ezra, it should be after Ezra chronologically. Are y'all learning something today? Are you learning something today? Here's what I'm saying overall so I can move to my final point. When you see God put you in a position of blessing, when you see him put you in a position of promotion or favor of so many different kinds, remember the pedestal. The pedestal is what you can see. But remember that the pedestal is on a foundation and the foundation are the things you cannot see. You have to know that God was working long beforehand with your soul by the time he brought you to the place of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to know he was making a way where there was no way, that he was turning the hearts of men and women, that he was stopping evil in your life to get you where you had to be. Are you hearing me? Now watch this. We know this is the case because in the book of Ezra and in the book of Nehemiah, as we're about to deal with in the book of Esther, Israel had enemies trying to kill them all the time. In your own time, read Ezra chapter 9. It actually gives the history of the kings from Cyrus to Ahasuerus, all the way to uh, Artaxerxes, and all the enemies that tried to wipe Israel out. Guess what? Esther knew this. She knew that her people were in a precarious state. That's called humility. Daily, she was living with God's provision through her father, Mordecai. Am I making some sense? It's important for you and I then to embrace the struggle. Let me say this as I get to my final point. Embrace the struggle. Because there's a notion that somehow we shouldn't struggle. I see it every day in professing Christians. And God has set structures in your life. Structures to keep you from acting more of a fool than you would if those structures weren't there. Somebody say amen. amen. And he will keep those structures there because he's conforming you to the image of Christ. God knows if he removed those structures and just let you do what you want to do, you would never make it to glory. You would never make it. So he restrains things in our life. He restrains goals. He restrains objectives. He restrains plans. Many times they're weight in order to prove whether or not you recognize you're a child of God. And you can't just go when you want to go and do what you want to do. Now, now, one more point as we go to our last point. I want to help you here because I hear this with parents. And then I hear it with grown folk too. This don't make no sense, but I hear it. You can do anything you want to do. Scratch that out of your vocabulary. Just rip it out your Bible. It's not even logical rhetorically. It's not logical philosophically. And it's certainly not logical practically. Child of God, do you know you can't do whatever you want to do? Did you know that? You can't do whatever you want to do. You can't be whatever you want to be. Don't tell your child... Girl, you can be whatever you want to be. No, you can't. There are a list of things that God has purposed in your life that you can do. And even those you won't do until you follow the rules. How humbling it would be for us to discover that there were levels of blessings 
that, I, that were at our availability that we never were able to enter into and enjoy because of a lack of discipline. Because of a lack of discipline. Because we fail to obey our Heavenly Father in the small things. He doth not give us the larger blessings because He cannot, He cannot, He cannot, He cannot trust us. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I'm so glad I got a church that does not mind hearing it like it is. Because there are a lot of churches that just don't care for it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Because here, watch this. That is not a problem for God. All it requires on your part and mine is to humble ourselves. And he will exalt us in due season. Just a pivot of grace. Just a pivot of grace can put you in a trajectory of blessing that you can't even imagine. Just a pivot of grace. Just a pivot of grace. Just a small turn can put you on a course where God can use you imminently beyond all you can think or imagine. These are not vain promises. These are not vain promises. So now we move to point number three. This is point number three. The promotion of Esther in God's plan. They're given to us in verses 11 through 20. The promotion of Esther in God's plan. But I want to start at verse 16 and work through um, verse 18. Verse 16, uh, verse 15 through 18. I'm going to show you several things in close. I'm going to show you how, if you're careful in reading your Bible, that God can show you glorious truths through each word that's in those verses. How potent the Bible is. Every word of God is pure and tried in a furnace of fire. It is incumbent upon the believer then to do two things when you come to the Word of God. Believe it's the Word of God. And then read it carefully. You dishonor God when you run through God's Word flippantly like you have no more interest in it than Reader's Digest. Please understand God will not speak to you if you don't care to actually take your time and walk with God through his word. He will not speak to you. This is where many Christians today are in a very difficult way about reading scripture. They don't have a desire to hear from God from his word. And thus they don't pick it up. As the psalmist says, and read God's word continually and delight in his precepts and meditate upon his statutes and watch how God speaks to our souls and the revelations of the glories of Christ and the affirmation of our salvation and in the direction of our life in wisdom. That's what happens when you slow down, open the book and say, God, take my heart and make it want to hear from you. Because God knows when you're just going through the motion. You have to ask God to help you honor time. To honor his word. To honor your relationship with him through his word. So that he can open the eyes of your understanding that you might see what is the hope of the riches that are in Christ to the saints. Otherwise, it's shut up to you. 
And the best you can do is Sunday morning when someone else has entered into the secret place with the Most High God and have been able to bring out the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And your soul can bob its head saying, yes, but you can't own it because somebody else labored to get it. You get to eat, but you don't get to own it. So this is amazing. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her from for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the woman, women appointed. And Esther did what? Obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Verse 16. So Esther was taken unto the king Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. Verse 17. And the king loved Esther above all women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vestai. There she is, seated, ruling, reigning, the visibly honored woman, who co-regents with the most powerful king in the world. Do you see it? There she is. Now we're ready for the drama. But I want to do one more thing before we do that. So, for those of you, again, who, are, who need to detox from reading commentaries and reading secular articles about the pagan kings of Persia and other nations and all of their wild and, and vile antics, etc. Be careful to know whenever you are reading anything other than scripture that you must make a clear distinction between the sacred and the secular. When you are being counseled by the secular, be careful to know that you're not being counseled by God. Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And warn to you that gives equal credit to the secular than you would the sacred. Now, whenever you read the sacred, be very careful when you are reading theologians who themselves in turn dig up matters from the secular to build their hypotheses and biblical conclusions of which if you read the scriptures carefully, you cannot affirm in the Bible. Quickly say that's his opinion. That's their opinion. I don't see that in the scriptures. I cannot then let that actually weigh affirmatively as a judgment in my soul. Am I making some sense? You know what that's called? Honoring God's word. I'm going to show you something here. In, in our text, there are two verses that I really want to use. But in our text, let me start back at verse 16. Let me show you something here. Verse 16. And she was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house royal in the 10th month, which is the month uh, Tebet. Now, some would say there were all kind of sordid things going on here. Wild things. As you know, Xerxes is supposed to have been that brother that rode up on uh, the Spartans. Remember that? Rode up on it. You know how that, that boy was a freak. Remember that? How many of y'all saw 300? Only 10 of y'all. That boy was wild, wasn't he? Was he wild? The he, she, do? He's wild. They are making assumptions. Now you can buy it if you want to. But your Bible is a holy book. You know what that does? You know what that means? God does not play or traffic in 
with the caveat of small occasions by which he must be profane. To get your point, God does not traffic in profanity. Therefore, you won't read sordid pornographic stuff in the Bible. God uses the same honor in his word for pagan kings that he does for his sacred kings. God uses the same tenor of respect in the scriptures for heathen kings that he does for for sacred kings. Are you guys hearing me? And here's why. If God tells us to honor all men, is not his word going to do the same? He's not pulling back drapes so you can see the perversity of private secret affairs among those pagan kings. So you don't read anything sordid in this text about the king and Esther, do you? So Esther was taken unto the king of Harris's house royal in the 10th month, which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of the reign. The first thing I want to say as we begin to wind it down, you notice it says the seventh year of his reign. Right. So when you're reading your Bible, you got to read carefully because God will only give you little snippets to help you understand chronology. In chapter one, verse three, we open up with the third year of his reign. Now y'all can count. Third year to seventh year is how many years? Stay with me now. From chapter one to chapter two is four years. Does that give you a little bit of insight into the endurance and perseverance that Mordecai and Esther had to engage in before she gets to the throne? Does that help? In other words, she didn't get called yesterday and is on the throne today. The call went out into all the kingdom. The process of selection took a while. God in his mercy brought Hadassah into the virgin uh, uh, fold in preparation for the selection process. The moment he brought her in, Mordecai is beside himself. And here's the reason why. If God doesn't choose Hadassah to be the queen, she is confined to be a concubine for the rest of her life. This is why that brother was pacing the floor. To find out what would become of his daughter. He's walking by faith while she's praying by faith. You have to know that because the text tells us in verse 20, when she was taken in, she still held to her daddy's commandment, which means when she was promoted, she didn't abandon her father's principle. Remember that? She honored her father and honoring her father meant God went with her inside the palace. And you know what God did? God separated all the other virgins from Hadassah and God raised up. There were many virgins that came into the king. And what the text says, if she came that night, the next day, she went to another house, never saw him again. Except he called her by name, which is the nature of the gospel, is it not? And God called Hadassah through the king by name. But before he did, let me show you what the king did. Chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, the king called her. That's one. The servants brought her. That's two. In verse nine, it opens up and says that the king was pleased with her. That's three. Stay with me, ladies and gentlemen. Must we not be pleasing to the Lord? Must we not find ourselves pleasing to God? Is the salvation of God for his people God's pleasure? Then shouldn't God's people be viewed in God's eyes as the object of his pleasure? So is not then Xerxes a type of God? 
He's taking pleasure in her. He calls her. She's broad. He takes pleasure in her. You know what the text goes on to say there? Not only does he take pleasure in her, but she obtains kindness in his sight. Do you see that? She obtains kindness in his sight. Now stay there. The word I want to call your attention to is the word obtained. Obtained. She obtains kindness in his sight. What does that mean? That means this poor little slave girl who comes in with nothing, all of a sudden the whole of the king's bounty is opened up wide to her. I want you to see that right here is where the evidence really is that King Ahasuerus or King Xerxes started putting his eye on her. Even before the whole process was unraveled, when he saw Hadassah, he was pleased with her. As the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to what? And it was testified that when he finished his work, he pleased God. And so it says he pleased her. It says that she obtained kindness of him. Do you guys see that? Kindness. Oh, study your Bible. You see that little word kindness? That's the Hebrew word chesed. The word chesed is the term in the scriptures that describes the nature of God in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, where God is to be said as to be a God of goodness, a God of long-suffering, a God of mercy, and a God that saves to the uttermost those whom he has chosen to be brought unto him. The word is goodness in Exodus 34. So when you read that term has said, what you are reading is really God bestowing his character of covenant loyalty upon you. When the text tells us that Xerxes had bestowed kindness upon Esther, that was a wrap. She had obtained his covenant loyalty. Do you see that? It's covenant loyalty. He was loyal to her from that point on. And, and therefore, it only follows, notice what it says, that in his covenant loyalty to her, he speedily gave her those things for what? With such things as belong to her and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. Watch this. And he what? Preferred her and her maids unto the best places of the house. For Esther, God had promoted her from the start to be the queen. She simply had to go through the what? Process. Here's what I'm saying to you, child of God. Here's where we end today. God has chosen us in Christ. Is that an honor? He has called us by his grace. Is that an honor? He has saved us through the gospel. Is that an honor? He has given us his spirit in the new birth. Is that an honor? His spirit has been given to us as a means by which we are conformed to Christ daily. Is that an honor? God has promised to keep us who trust him. Is that an honor? And God has promised to fulfill the work that he began in our life so that on that last day, according to 1 John 3, we look just like Jesus Christ. Is that an honor? And therefore, your job and mine is to daily trust the God who chose us in Christ before the world began and let the process work itself out. It doesn't matter how bad your life is, what your struggles are, what your challenges are. Even in your lowliness, God has honored you. He has secured your exaltation. You and I need to just walk with God daily and trust him for his goodness in our life. Well, time permits us to go no further. 
You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, If you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5, or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com, or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX, in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you would like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.